Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Run Hard Running Team podcast. Glad you're listening today. This is a podcast, and my hope for you is to hear stories of other runners and those who are active, and it inspires you to be better and to be more active. And I can't think of another runner or know another runner that is more active than Justin Gillette. Justin, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for talking to us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Jesse. Uh, hope you're doing well today. Man, I, I know this. I'm more warm than you are. How cold is it in Indiana today? Well, right now about 18 degrees. If the sun comes out, we might get to about 20 or 25. It's a little, it's a little bit brisk. These cold days are, are the ones that separate the, those who are joggers and those who are runners. If, if you're out on the path running and the path is icy, then, then you're a runner. And if you're sitting inside making excuses, then maybe you're a jogger. Yeah, I, uh, I, I might be like a hybrid. So I think I'm a runner that's on a treadmill. So w- would that count? Would that be considered a, a real runner? You know, to be honest, I was one of them just two days ago. I, I was a runner on the treadmill. But it was a little colder than today. Yeah. And running in short shorts and in the basement on the treadmill in front of a TV felt a little bit nicer than getting two or three layers on and going outside. So I, I sometimes uh, sometimes have to stay inside, too. I, I think it's, it's really best just to be safe if the environments outside are, are bad and we've had a lot of ice and, and there's no sense in being a hero. You might as well be where you can get a safe, good sure. quality workout in. Sure. Now, I'm going to give everybody listening a brief bio, but you can expound on that a little bit. So I met Justin a few years ago whenever we became the directors for the Run Hard Columbia Marathon, and Justin to date has won over 100 marathons and 114 to be exact. So I didn't say run. I said won. He's won 114 marathons. So I'm going to get him to talk to us about that today and what that training looks like and all that. But Justin, expound on that a little bit. So tell us not only how many you've won, but maybe a couple PRs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, well, first off, nobody in their right mind would ever say or set a goal to win over 100 marathons. I never started running and just thought, well, when I get older, I'm going to win over 100 marathons. It just happened <clears throat> that you do a few and you do more and do more, and then the numbers just kind of add up, and pretty soon you're, you're like, wow, I've won you know, 85 or 90 marathons. I'm close to 100, and you know, to set out and do that as a goal would probably be just too overwhelming of a goal. But I just had a bunch of incremental goals along the way, and they added up to uh, a real big uh, number. And as far as running marathons, you know, I grew up in a, a real poor family, and, and we never traveled. Like we never did any vacations. I, I never, I never been in a hotel with my mom at all. We never did any of that stuff. And so, to run marathons, it allows me also to travel. And sure, that is. I mean, like, I, I've never been to South Carolina, and then I, I go down to South Carolina to run the uh, Columbia Marathon. I honestly didn't realize Columbia, South Carolina was so hilly. Yeah. And, you know, you, you 
learn yeah. how the how the United States is through uh, the travel and through the running, and, and, and it's really really worked out pretty well for me. Uh, I've gotten I've gotten a lot of lucky breaks along the way. That's for sure. Well, I will say this about the Columbia Marathon is that uh, most of Columbia, 90% of Columbia is pancake flat. What we did for the marathon is we found the hilliest route and we decided, hey, let's just run this loop twice and make it fun and challenging for our runners. That's really not true, but it uh, the joke is that we found the hilliest part of Columbia and decided to run it for our marathon. Whenever you ran Columbia, since we're on that topic real quick, what was your uh, PR for the Columbia Marathon because you ran it a few times? So what was your fastest in what year, if you can remember? I, I, I ran a 234 in Columbia one year. Um, well, what, what I found is I really enjoy those two-loop courses because you're going to have a real fast half-marathon runner, and so I just – rode on the guy's shoulder, so to speak, ran with the half marathon guy for the first loop. And then I just have to run, you know, another seven or eight miles after that first loop. And I'm starting to lap the slower marathon runners. Sure. And you pass them, they're cheering you on. And you start lapping the slower uh, half and the full marathon runners. So really a marathon like that, that's two loops. The race itself is only about seven or eight miles long in my mind because I have somebody I'm running with for most of the entire time. Sure. So you break it down, like you break, don't, I don't look at a marathon as like, oh man, this is 26 miles. This is just going to be a very long run. I, I break the races down into pin on the race and the courses into different little segments. And then mentally I, I can prepare like, okay, I have, you know, 13 miles. I run with somebody. Whoever it is, I just pick somebody, and then, you know, I, I just break the races down in my mind yeah. uh, into small segments, and it's easier that way for me. So you've won 114 marathons. When did the marathon winning begin? I won my first marathon the morning of my high school graduation. There was a marathon that was about an hour from where I lived, and our high school graduation was in the evening, so I was like, well, cool, you know, I'll go run this marathon in the morning. And, you know, on, on paper, the idea sounds really good. Like, yeah. you know, wake up, go run a marathon, you know, have, you know, lunch. Well, the trouble is, there's a lot of stairs to get onto the stage at the graduation. And, hmm. and nobody really knew I ran a marathon. I just kind of look like a, a buffoon that was walking extremely slow to get up the steps and go across the stage. I'm sure people were watching me thinking like, you know, what's, what's with this guy? Yeah, what's wrong? I want to come get his diploma. But my legs were just so tight and sore and stiff and, and I, I struggled to, to, so I just did that and then went to college and ran in college. And when I was in college, yeah, I had to focus on the, the events that you have to do in college. Sure. Uh, kind of had like a four-year period where I didn't really run any uh, marathons to uh, win. And then after college, it kind of just went. Uh, running marathons went with my desire to travel and see places. And, you know, you go to a marathon and, you know, make a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there. And uh, next thing you know, you know, I have companies that want to sponsor me and 
pay for stuff and give me money to wear their clothes and so kind of just create a monster, you know? Yeah. Take me back to that first marathon. Do you remember your time, your senior year of high school or yeah, the, the day you graduated? Yeah, the, the, the first marathon that I won, do I remember the time of that? Yeah. It was a trail marathon that had seven creek crossings. So, you know, you'd be running along in the woods and the trail. Next thing you know, you got to go into, you know, uh, knee-deep creek and run through that for a little bit and then run some. It was it's a really tough course. I was like three hours and 35 minutes and – but that's I mean, a trail I, marathon. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So the first one you won, is that the same day you graduated high school, you won that race? Yeah, correct, yeah. Wow. Hey, so yeah, that's that, that, that's a way to celebrate graduating high school? Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, actually, so that was 20 years ago, just kind of showing my age a little bit. I'm going to go back to that trail marathon this spring because I think it would be really neat to win the same marathon 20 years apart. Sure. And just think like the longevity of sticking with the sport, you know, whatever your passion is, golf, tennis, or whatever, just to do something for 20 years that you really just put the focus of your energies on is, is, is something pretty rare. People don't have, people don't have their jobs sometimes for 20 years. You know, we, we just, we change as people as we age, so our interests change. But running has always been a constant for me, and it's always been a constant interest and, and a passion. And so I'd like to go back and 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 uh, win it this this spring, twenty sure. years after I won won it for my first one. I think that'd be kind of neat. Sure. So when did this whole uh, love of running begin? Do you remember how old you were when you first yeah, recognized so that running was? I, hey, this is my passion. Right. Yeah. So so what happened is. When I was 13 years old, I wrote down my life goals. So, and, and I mean, it's a pretty detailed, I spent one month and all my free time just writing down my life goals. This is what I want to do when I get older. This yeah. is it, this is this. And, and I, I, I needed a, a way to break the cycles of generational poverty, to, to break out of the dynamics of, the households that, that I was experiencing. So I wanted to use athletics to get myself to a better life and, and, and to college and, and then to, you know, middle-class lifestyle. And I really thought that I started off basketball. I played basketball and that was my passion. But, you know, I can't jump with a hoot. And, and, sure. And so, so I started running when I was 13 and then you know I had a little bit of success at it pretty soon when I was 16 when I was 16 uh, Y2K was coming and you know it just seems odd to think that you know Y2K we actually thought the world was going to end and I ran my first marathon a month before Y2K because you know I had to get my bucket list done it was on my list of things to do and I fell in love with it I, I was like it's not a speed thing as much as it's a like pain tolerance and endurance and mental toughness. When I mean, a marathon, you just grind. Oh yeah, and that just matches my my the way my body works, the way my mind works. I mean, I, you just get out there, you get to like an 85 percent effort pace, hold it, and then just see who can hold it the longest and and just grind them out those miles. Mentally, you got to be strong. So I just found that it fit who 
I was and, and how I thrive as an athlete. And so from age 16 on, I just really wanted to focus on the marathon. And I had to go to college. So I had a few years where I, um, you know, I had to do the track thing, the cross country thing in college, but I, I didn't enjoy that near as much as I enjoy, you know, let's, let's get on a starting line and let's go run 26 miles. That, that's kind of my passion. So does it ever get boring for you? I mean, you think as many marathons as you run and as long as you run, you mentioned two decades, 20 years or whatever, from your first win to potentially going back and winning it again. Do you ever, like, just do it to check a box? Whenever you show up to a race, you show up and you're like, I know I'm going to win or I got a good chance of winning, but how is the desire still there? And if so, how do you keep it? Yeah, what? interesting well i'm basically i i view that I'm, I'm in my third phase of marathon running so you know the first phase of marathon running for me you know i was young i was i was just enjoying it and, and it, it was all new and, and then i went to like the, the middle phase of the second phase of my running where i was doing it because i needed to make the money and and that yeah. part that was fun. It was a thrill. My wife was getting her PhD, so she's not, you know, I'm supporting the family. We got, you know, house mortgage. We got kids. And, yeah, I'd go to a marathon in, you know, like Knoxville, Tennessee or something, and, you know, maybe $2,000 is on the line. You know, before the race, you're nervous because you need the money. And, you know, you're puking because you got nerves. And you just have to hammer down and just do it. And it's not... It, it wasn't as much, I mean, it was fun, but it's not you're doing it because of leisure. You're doing it because, you know, people are paying you to do this, and you yeah. got to do it good. Yeah. And then next thing you know, now I'm in, like, I would just sort of like the third phase where, you know, my wife, she's she's working. It, it really don't matter if I make any money running or not. You know, it's nice to make money doing it. Uh, I, I want to kind of sew up the loose end, so to speak, and, and now I can uh, maybe enjoy the process more and enjoy the experience whereas when i needed it for the income i mean it's every man for themselves out there in the race yeah, yeah. course and, and i remember i was running the marathon i come up on this kenyan and i'm gonna pass him to uh to move into uh first place and he turns to me and says hey i need this prize money to eat and i said well what do you think i need it for i mean you know yeah. like you know not that that phase is kind of so it's it's kind of nice to move into a different different part of it. Um, I can I can enjoy the experience a little bit more now because the pressure's not there. Yeah, I mean, would you when the pressure's there to put food on the table, you find that gear. No, no, it's, I definitely think about that. Like there's uh, urgency creates the, the 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 reason to do it. You know, so you know, I when I was in my prime years, I had a uh, a handful of sponsors and that would pay me, and that was based on you know winning races, times. So like if I go to run in um, Columbia City or, or Columbia, Ohio, or South Carolina, you know I could win the race and probably ran a little bit slower and still won. But I, at that time, I had a company that was paying me even for how fast I ran. So wow. you know I go into a race and you know second place might be three hours. But I need to hit that 235 money marker, you know. Sure. So I, uh, I almost always 
235 any any weekend uh, because that was the range where I I was getting bonus money from sponsors. I was getting you know a little more pay. So it, it's not really just go to a race and just slough off and yeah. have fun. I mean, what also kind of stunned upon it a little bit like when you're doing it for money. You know, I might go to Hawaii. I've gone to Hawaii seven times and run marathons. Well, I'm not going to Hawaii to run a marathon and vacationing on the beach and stuff like that when I'm there. I'm going. I'm going through my routines. I'm, I'm, I'm hydrating. I'm resting in the hotel, acclimating to the time change and the temperature. So you hear, oh, yeah, I've gone to these different places. But I didn't enjoy the places because I was there to the goal was to win the race. I have to win the race, you know. So uh, it's, it's a little different than if you were just going just to finish all 50 states and, and, and make vacations out of it, you know. When when the standard is we're paying you to come and win our race or, or sponsors are like Ford, Ford Motor Company is one of my sponsors. They, they don't want me to text them and say, hey, Ford, I got second. They want me to say, hey, I just won this marathon. Sure. And so when you got that, they're not vacations. It's, diligent uh, routine and, and, and preparing the race and, and being ready to be in pain. You know? So, uh, so take me through that race day prep a little bit. Take me, what what does it look like for you to go to a site out of town and prep to win that race? How many days before the race does it start? Even as you get to race day, race morning, what does that prep look like? Well, it's really interesting as, yeah, I've, I've, gotten first place in 114 marathons i think maybe five of them i've stayed at my house the night before the race and and have been a race that i could just drive to wow so you know you're looking at 110 110 times or something i've traveled so my routine is so much you know with hotels you know you, you you're packing your suitcase you're going through your, right. your checklist, Joe. Hat, gloves, watch, shoes, shorts, racing top. As you're packing your bag, I, I pack oatmeal. Uh, I take two packets of oatmeal with me. You know, four or five goo energy gels. And depending on the race course, I'll pick my socks based on what the conditions of the course are like. So, say like if a um a harder surface road, like down down south, the roads are not smooth grade. You know, I want a little thicker sock. Uh, up north here, we got more asphalt roads, so I can just go with a regular racing sock. Because your feet pounded on the road are pretty can be pretty hard. So I kind of pack how I, how I how I expect the race to be. Okay. Then I I go over like two days before I leave. I go over the course in my head. Okay, this is how the race course is. So this is my strategy, and I create a strategy going in, and and the strategy we we have to get in. I mean, that could be pretty complex. You're like, you know, I want to make a move at mile 18, or I want to make a move at mile 15, or you know, kind of based based on the course, my strength, my fitness. Then you know, you're, you're traveling and, and you're trying to you're trying to get to the race site as early as possible. If, if I can get there a day early, that's great. At worst case scenario, I'm getting there, you know, early afternoon, and I like to run for 30 minutes to 40 minutes uh, the, the evening before the race to mentally just review all my cues about what I'm looking forward to, and then 
I mean, this is going to sound a little, a little out there, but, but, but follow me on this. For a marathon, when I'm racing a marathon, I try to pick a spirit animal. So let's say, you know, okay, today I'm going to take on the characteristics of a tiger. So when, when, when you race the marathon, you know, I try to have a spirit animal and, and you know, like a tiger, maybe, you know, they're, they're real calm and, and, and just pretty chill. But then when it's time to pounce, that tiger can just, you know, change speed and pounce like crazy. And, and, and so, you know, during the race, I try to kind of somewhat pick a little spirit animal to think about. And, um, uh, it just makes it a little fun for me. Uh, I mentally, I'll remind myself not to get comfortable at all during the marathon. I, I, I say this to myself, like, before every race, you know, don't get comfortable. Comfort is sitting on your couch, running a marathon, you can't be comfortable. So so I want to be pushing the entire time. And I, I, you, just, you have to mentally go through these mantras in order to get yourself prepared to have discomfort for two and a half to three hours. Yeah. So going back to the spirit animal, which animal have you had the most luck with? I say luck, or have the most success with? Do you uh, keep track of that? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I was in. Um, I, I really get into that spirit animal thing. I, I tell you this: I was in Hawaii, and I was I was running the marathon over there in Hawaii one time, and and since I was in Hawaii, I wanted to be a shark because you know sharks they just kind of swim, they're chilling in the water, and then you know they can taste that blood, and they just go for the kill. So I'm in, in Hawaii running the Hilo Marathon, and, and 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 I knew another guy was a really strong runner. And I was like, okay, whenever I can feel that blood and taste that blood from him, that you know, you know him him starting to uh, slow down or or cramp up or be a little, I'm just going to go for the kill. Well, you know, I was running, and I was so mentally just into this shirt persona that uh, about mile uh, 19 or 20. You know, the radio station, uh, 105.3, uh, Lava 105.3, was along the course. And, and you know, Eddie, the DJ, he's like, hey, Justin, how, how's the race going? And, and I was in first place, but I just made my move. And, and I was so into that shark mentality that I was like, I told Eddie, I was like, I can taste blood, man. I'm going for the kill. And, and he was like, what the world does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, he was like live on the air, and he was like, you know, Justin just said he could taste blood. I'm not sure if there's something wrong with him or what. <laughs> after the race, he was like, man, you can taste blood while you're running? I was like, sorry, man. I was just like mentally into this shark thing, and yeah. I totally was like whipped on, like, they, I had to get out of the character and talk to you as a person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes, but it's, you're out there for a long time. You got to have fun with it, you know? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, you, anybody can do the math that 114 marathons to date as your win total means you've won quite a few every year. So, I mean, that averages out, I don't know, check my math on this, but about over the course of 20 years, what, what is that, almost six marathons a year. Most people set a goal to run one, maybe two marathons a year. You win three times that a year. So that means you're running possibly multiple marathons in a weekend. Have you ever won multiple marathons in one weekend? Yeah, I've done I've done that three times. That that's actually here now that I'm in you know the next phase of my running. That's doing multi days is, is something that I never really had interest in 
far as being a wife, I got a wife and four kids. Because if I'm going to go to, you know, Texas, you know, I, I could do two days on one trip. That that saves a lot of time. So, but it's taken me. I've done that three times where I've won back-to-back days. It's a it's an extremely uh, high learning curve because you gotta pace yourself differently in the first day so that you got something left for the second day. But if you run too slow on the first day, maybe you don't win. Then you, that kind of ruins the whole. So you kind of really like sure. it's almost like playing poker. You gotta be you know just uh, try your best and and that's kind of something I I, I like to keep keep working on trying to get better at. I really would, I want to do like six or seven days in a row at some point uh, wow. for a marathon. Um, there's this guy, it's a friend of mine, uh, Dave Holman, and I follow him on Facebook, and he, he runs like, he, he ran 20 days in a row of a marathon, and so you, you follow these people who just do these bizarre, crazy things, you know, running a marathon 20 days in a row, or whatever extreme adventure it is, and, and you're like, you know, they can do that, I can do that. But you don't realize it takes you a long time to get to do that because they can do it for a reason, and the reason is they're prepared for it. So, so that the speed part of running marathons, I've I've already kind of done that really well. I'd like to get to the multi-day thing, so I have the that that accomplishment. I think that'd be kind of just a fun fun uh, achievement and uh, challenge. So when you've run these multi-marathons and won them. Have we talk about negative splitting a marathon, which means you run the second half faster than you ran the first half? Have you ever run the second race faster than the first race? Race whenever you've won both of them? I've never done that. They've always been within five minutes of each other, though, so it's not too bad. But it's I I I need to work on that. Part of it is though I I want to work on it because I'm getting stronger. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't want to work on it because I'm slowing down purposely on the first day. I want to. Yeah. I want to be able to do that because I, my body's strong enough to handle two hard days. Not that I just purposely ran slow on the first day. Yeah, slow being relative, of course. But um, what's your best multiple marathon weekend as far as a time or place? Does that yeah, makes so sense. I ran uh, a two thirty-five marathon, and then the next day ran a two forty. Wow. I really think that I can run 235, 235 on back-to-back days, but I it may not happen. I mean, it's there's just so many variables. Sure. But yeah, I ran 235 and 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 240. So I mean, that's those are respectable times. I um I think there's if I really really put my focus on it i can improve on on and on that back to back to do that how many miles are you running a week i mean obviously you got to put training in base miles in you just can't come off the couch or doing a few miles a week to to perform like that how many miles do you do a week well i like to do as many miles as i can <laughs> yeah i like to run 10 to 15 miles a day that's my that's I need I need like an hour a day of running just to, for the mental part, and then I need like another hour a day running for the physical part. So yeah, uh, I, I, it's it's my it's my only running is my only constant that I've had in my life 
since I started running. And so I need it because it gives me a chance to digest the day. To, I run in the evening, so so I'm not really a morning runner. So I, you know, I, I can go run in the evening. I, I can decompress from the busy day, you know, four kids and, and all the stuff that comes with having a, a family. And, and then, then after a while, then, then you, you finally get loosened up and, you know, 45 minutes or an hour into the run, you're actually starting to feel good. Then, then I need another 45 minutes or an hour to, to get the benefits of the physical um, effort. I, I kind of, in a way, liken it to, like, lifting weights. You know, if you, if you bench press, you know, 130 pounds, you know, and you just do that every day, you know, eventually your body just gets acclimated to it, and, and that doesn't even feel heavy anymore. So you got to either do more reps or put more weight on. So for running, once your body gets acclimated to 10 miles a day or whatever distance you're doing, you either have to go faster to create a new stimulus or, or you have to go further. And, and so, you know, right now it's wintertime and it's real hard to go fast when you got three layers of clothes on. So, so I like to go further and, and I, I know just, I guess we're just weird. We're runners are weird. I, it's, it's fun though. So take me through your most memorable finish. Has there ever been a finish where you've won, but it's come down to a sprint finish or within the last oh, yeah. mile and you've had to make your move then or out kick somebody yeah. late in the race? Yeah, probably, probably the, the, one of the better ones is I, I was, Please don't judge me by this, and, and, and absolutely do not. Do <laughs> I like not where this is going. Do. Yeah. do not do as I do. So, so I was back a few years ago. My wife was getting her PhD, and I had to run, and and and, and I'd run twenty five marathons in a year, and, and and you know one year I'd run twenty five marathons, you know, win nineteen of them, and and I'm running you know two thirty, two two twenty five, two. 31, I mean, just running these real fast times because I need the money and, and you know, trying, trying to just make it, you know. And, well, I, I was in this marathon out in Pennsylvania, uh, the Pocono Marathon. And, okay, so to win that marathon, I would have got $2,000 from the race, another $300 from a sock company that was sponsoring me at the time, Another five hundred dollars from another company that was sponsoring me at the time, plus some media bonuses. So total package, you know, winning that marathon, you're looking at maybe thirty five hundred, um, uh, somewhere in that range. But if I had to get second place, well, I'm not getting the um, the, the bonuses for the media because they're not going to interview the guy in second. I'm not getting the the, the the money from sponsors for the win. You know, second place, I might have only come home with like a thousand dollars. Very well could have been almost a $3,000 difference between first and second for me. Sure. Well, it's a hot day, and, and, and I'm running, and I'm, I'm just following this Kenyan, Solomon Tube. I'm following him, and about 20 seconds behind him. And, and, and I come up to this water station at mile 22, and I see at the water station there's one lady. She's holding two cups of water out, and there's only one person working at that table. And I could see this, and I thought, you know what? That's a lot of money on the line. So, so I, I sprint, and just a mile twenty-two, I just cut out into it a dead, dead sprint. And I, and I cut right in front of Solomon, and I grab both water cups that, that lady's handing out, and and I pour one on my head, and I drink the other, and then and then I 
glanced on my shoulder, and he had to come to a complete stop to pick his water up off the table, whereas I didn't, because I, I grabbed the only two that that lady was holding. Yeah. And so that, that gave me that gap. Boy, I put him on the gas on, and, and I gave her the old go, baby, go. Didn't look <laughs> back, and I was able to win. Now, the, the hard part is, that's not good sportsmanship. I know that's not good sportsmanship. I needed that money. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I, 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 you know, that's the kind of one of them stories where it's like, you know, yeah, I won the race. I felt good about it, but that's not the right way to win. Um, he, he was second. Um, I, I know there's like, you know, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, you know, one year in Sioux Falls. I, I had to run a 509 last mile to outstrip a Kenyan there. So, wow. uh, you know, that, that, there's been some where it's like, you're just, in a in a level of pain and a, and a gear that you didn't know you had, because there might be a thousand or two thousand dollar difference between beating the guy in the sprint or not. And uh, like in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, that guy, I I kept picking the pace up the whole last few miles, and I couldn't drop the guy for nothing. And that that last mile, you, you just you kind of start grunting and, and hurting, and probably sound like a lady having a baby the way I was pushing so hard and making noises but but I won that one and it's it's just been fun yeah sure. we're having fun sure so what with the pandemic happening and all that kind of stuff obviously it's probably I wouldn't say put the uh put the the record or or anything in jeopardy but what's your your goal now for marathon wins now that you have 114 okay I, I like to um finish up winning one in, in every state. So I, I, you know, that was not a goal starting out to win a marathon in every state, but then, you know, I've gotten about 35 states done. So I think if I don't try to finish all 50 states with a win, I'll look back as an older person and, and regret not doing that. So I, I'd like to do that. And so if we, if we go forward with that, you know, I'd, I'd have to go to Alaska, um, and I like traveling, so sure. Um, I I've been to Alaska before. I went there for my uh, honeymoon. Uh, yeah, I have a pretty nice wife, and we get married. And I say, hey, honey, you know, if we go on a honeymoon to Alaska, and I can run a marathon, the trip's gonna be paid for. I'm just gonna have to run a marathon while I'm up there. <laughs> you get that sideways look, like you know, it's my honeymoon. Yeah. And you worried about running marathons? <laughs> no, honey, I'm not worried about running marathons. I'm worried about paying for the trip. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. The marathon pays the trip. Like, I ain't worried about the marathon. I'll be able to run that no problem. I would not be able to pay for the trip to Alaska. We're going to do this, you know? So, uh, I'm kind of thinking it would be real nice if, if, and no, no marathon win is guaranteed. There's no race where you can just show up and you know you're going to win because you can be leading in a, I'm, I, I've been in races where I've been in the lead and I've had to drop out because my legs start hurting. So there's nothing that's guaranteed when it comes to running 26 miles. Sure. But if I if I can finish with like Alaska being my 50th state, I'll take the whole family. Um, I'm kind of a Patriots fan. So, so I, there's a marathon in Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts. I kind of like to have that be the last state. Maybe do it there in uh, uh, Gillette Stadium because, you know, it's named after me. Of course. Uh, and I'm a yeah. Patriots fan, uh, so that'd be kind of cool. But what do you have to see? I just got to yeah. keep, keep keep working at it, you know? So, Nothing's guaranteed. 
Take me back to the honeymoon story. Did did the marathon on the honeymoon happen? Yeah, I went up to that Mayor's Midnight Marathon okay. up in Anchorage. Yeah. And um, do you win? I, you know, I, I got third, so I got to have to go back and, and do Alaska again. Okay. Um, yeah. But, but I'm still married, so the wife was cool with, "Hey, honey, I know it's our honeymoon, but you know, I, I need to go through my routine to get you know ready for the race. And this this is my routine. You know, sorry, we're newly married. You." You ain't part of the routine yet. I got to go through my routine, you know? So, it, it was... Actually, go back to the honeymoon. Uh, one thing that's very cool about that... Uh, an older guy here in Goshen, Indiana, where I live, uh, named Freeman Hershberger, he said, hey, Gillette, where are you going for your honeymoon? And I was like, hey, Freeman, you know, we're going to go up to Alaska. And, and Freeman, he was in his 70s at the time, and he said, well, I'm going to go up there, and I'll, I'll just see you up there in Alaska. <laughs> So he, he drove his pickup truck with a camper from here at Goshen. He lives just down the road from me. Cleared a cleared a Anchorage, Alaska, and wow. cheered, cheered me on in the marathon. It, it felt so weird to be you know a couple thousand miles away no on your honeymoon, and a guy that lives just down the road from me right no there. Kidding. <laughs> it was like, yeah. wait a minute, what are you that that that's kind of been interesting to, uh, to get used to is that people pay attention to where I run. And want to come watch too. Like I got. Sure. If if I'm going to go to a marathon, you know I got to text Carol down to the Arkansas. I got to text Carol. Hey Carol, I'm going to go to this way. I got to text Diane and Tennessee. I got to text these people and be like, hey. And and I'll get messages all the time. Hey Gillette, where are you going to be next? It, it's weird to think like people pay attention to what you're doing. Sure. Want to be part of it, and and and, and, and you just start meeting people. All it's like a big underground social network of of oddballs who run marathons i mean it's been interesting yeah so you have 114 where does it stop is there a number that you want to get to is there um anything that you can say if i get here then i'm going to retire or stop marathoning yeah well that's something i think about too um i do have a number goal for for how many marathons i'd like to win and with me, my personality is I'm a right now type of person. So I, I, I just make goals all the time. And whether it be, you know, this is my goals for your know, finances or this is my goals for, you know, how many minutes of planks I want to do each day or this is my goals for running. And if I don't achieve whatever goal I'm going after in the moment, then I feel like I've failed. With goals... You can either achieve a goal or you can't. So it's kind of like putting out there what you want to do with the risk of failing to do it. But even if you fail a goal, you're still probably closer to achieving it by having the goal than by not having it. Sure. So you're like, I want to win a marathon in all 50 states. If that goal does not happen very well, it will leave a bad taste in my mouth, literally or figuratively. And I'll feel like I failed because... My most recent goal was not achieved. So th- I actually think when it's all said and done, if I stop running without finishing off all the goals on my list, I'll look back and feel like I didn't do enough or I wasn't successful. But if you took 13-year-old me and said, hey, Justin, at age 38, this is what you would have done running, I probably would have been like, 
thrilled and, and overwhelmed and excited, but 38-year-old me is so goal-focused that if I don't, if I don't get these last uh, ones on my list done, I might feel like overall it, it was not a success. Sure. Are there any other incentives about uh, reaching that numeric goal? Uh, I'm just kind of just uh, hitting at a uh, an incentive that you were talking to me about earlier. So tell us about the last thing, the uh, the pizza place in your hometown. Yeah, well, that's got a uh, pretty neat. The pizza restaurant where I grew up, they, the owner of the restaurant, uh, Don Brzezowski, he's the cross-country and track coach and, and their uh, town there where I grew up in Missouri. And he's one of those guys who just really like to talk talk a lot of trash. So whenever I go to the pizza restaurant, I'll go in there and, man, Gillette, you're getting old. Oh, those gray hairs are coming. You know, your running career is about over. And, and it's all fun because I like the guy. And, 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 you know, a couple years ago, he, he tells me that if I was to ever win – the most marathons of anybody in America, he's so sure I'll never do it that he, he, he will give me free pizza at the restaurant for the rest of my life. If I ever was to have more wins than anybody in America, because there's just no way you're ever going to win that many. You're old, you're slowing down. And it's really kind of fun. I mean, we got a signed agreement, you know, if I win, you know, more marathons than anybody else, I can eat at his restaurant free the rest of my life as long as I have the record. So, you know, that's an incentive right there because I'm 38. Let's say I can, I get the win record and I'm 42. Heavens, I might have 30 years of uh, free food at the restaurant. And what I need to do if I do get the record, I need to see if the free pizza for life can be passed on to my kids yeah. in my will. And yeah. I need to make sure that it passes on to whoever he was sell the restaurant to was to go to retire because this has to be something where, I mean, it pays off in the thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, it, what's really fun, though, like, if I have a bad race, I'll just text him and be like, hey, Coach Wazowski, I, I had a bad race. And, and he'll just say, well, I, you know, I'm not worried about my pizza deal. <laughs> if I, go down, yeah. I went down – you know, if I get two on a weekend or something, I'll say, hey, I'm too closer. And he'll say, yeah, but you're still, you know, 85 away or something, you know. So yeah. it's like, it's, kind of, it's just funny. Yeah. Uh, one of those, I probably wouldn't take advantage of it. I think if I got the free food, I'd still just eat three meals a day, even though I, you know, I'd probably want to eat more. But I, I wouldn't take too much advantage of it. Sure. You know, maybe three three meals a day would be about all I'd eat. Yeah, yeah, but, fair enough. I mean, just, Yeah, yeah, keep it fair. Yeah. Cool. So, as you know, we uh, do the Run Hard program, the after-school program for kids, and we teach them about how to make wise choices, how to be a good teammate, um, how to show good leadership in your community, all that kind of stuff. And we also train them to finish a 5K. So, what would you say to a young person or to someone who is just starting out to to live an active life or to start running is there a nugget of advice that you would give them just starting out? Well, I think if you look around, you know, football players and basketball players and baseball players, that's kind of the glamour sports. So you might run at a young age and maybe it doesn't look cool, but keep running. 
because it don't matter if, if your buddies aren't doing it or not. You know, running is the one sport you can do for your entire life. That's right. Whereas eventually, you know, the basketball team, that's over. Eventually, you're done with baseball. And as you get older, you know, there's, there's running groups, and, and virtually every town has a running group. So you sure. can use that for networking, and, and the overall health thing is the big key. Like, running will, will keep you healthy. And you just have to envision, like, you get one body. You have this one body for the rest of your life, so the healthier you are, the longer that body will last. That's and, right. And imagine, like, if, if you had, like, one car for the rest of your life, you know, you'd, you'd want to take care of the car. So if we have one body. That's our, that's our vessel. That's our... our, our tool that we use moving around and doing things and if you don't take care of your body then then you have nothing that's right if you don't have your health you have nothing so first first when you start off running you have to get over the the stigma that your friends maybe are not doing it maybe it's not the cool sport to do you have to have self-confidence to just do it and then learn to enjoy it and it's it's not drudgery Learn to just embrace the, the, the seeing nature, the being outside, and the stillness. I think one, one thing that very well could be, you know, track your goals, track your mileage, or your time that you're doing it, and, and those will give you uh, ways to see that you're improving, and, and through improvement, you'll keep your excitement. It, once you get over the hump of doing it consistently, you'll find it's really enjoyable. That's right. That's right. Justin, uh, I, I just want to th- say thanks for coming on today. Thanks for talking to us about all of your running, your goals, your experiences. How can someone follow you on social media or any type of other website, blog, to keep up with your racing, your training, what all you're doing? Um, well, I, just, I use Twitter to let running on Twitter. And then, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I don't have a blog or website or anything. I found that um, found that to be a little bit more work. I, I didn't I don't like English, so I don't want to sure. you know, have to type up race reports after every race. So I, I don't do that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I don't use Instagram. And if, I mean, if yeah. someone's interested, you can find me. And if you got sure. a message, message me if you got a question about running. And yeah, you know, yeah. I'm always around. And can, somebody advice or some answer so yeah when's so your next marathon <clears throat> when's your next marathon my, my next marathon um i'm going to do a couple in the beginning of march uh the race director just told me that they're still haven't got the permits to put it on yet but they're having meetings coming up and with covid everything's just fluid right now because of the coronavirus so you know i just got to be ready, kind of like a fireman, you know, just be ready on the call. And if the races are go, I got to be prepared to go. And, and, and if the races are not, I just adjust my training and, and, and be ready for the next one. It's kind of a fluid schedule. And, man, sure. I'd like to keep at it. You know, I want to get that free pizza by winning a lot of marathons. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> hey, man, well, we're going to be cheering you on here. I, uh, I if you If you get that free pizza for life or whatever, I'm going to come to Indiana, man. We're going to sit down. We're going to chat. We talk running while we're eating pizza. So, um, anyway, man, thanks again for giving me your time today, and thanks for all your expertise on running and your running experience. Those who are listening, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Always remember, run hard. See ya.